0: suspicion hello everyone and welcome back to a special presentation of anime club after dark i'm your host show and joining me tonight we have alex senpai
1: i just realized i actually have to come up with fucking intros now (laughs)
0: Yeah, you can't get away with being the boring host anymore. I know. Because I stole your spot, bitch. <laughs> um, I so were at yeah, the halfway
1: to- point. I, I thought I'd let you take the helm.
0: Yeah, give the queen her crown. So today we're going to be discussing the 13th episode <laughs> of Vinland Saga. So in this episode, Askelad broke the deal with a Welsh provincial leader to travel through the Welsh mountains. Um, So we have a lot to talk about with this episode because a lot went down. Um, I think we'll just start with the beginning. So the first scene we get is um, pretty interesting. We see what we come to know later in the episode to be a younger Ascalad carrying um, who we come to know later in the episode to be his mother out of the ocean and into an army. Um, So that's a very strange scene by itself. Um, I know in previous episodes, we saw, like, glimpses of a woman with long blonde hair, and so now we know who that woman is, and I know that you, Alex, had a thought that it was (laughs) Canute. I did have a thought that it was Canute. I'm, I'm, I was wrong. I'm, uh, I, I... See, the problem with that prediction is that Canute has better hair. That's, that's true. He, you know, he uses L'Oreal, clearly. Yes, uh, and I thought it was his wife, but it was actually his mother, which does not have to be mutually exclusive, but they whoa, are whoa, in this whoa. case. Um. But anyways, I thought that scene was like um pretty poignant, pretty uh pretty interesting. I'd also like to um, point
1: out that I didn't really get. Well, obviously, I got it when later in the episode when it was kind of revealed what that scene was all about. But when I first saw that scene, I'm like, "Is that is that Thorfinn? <laughs> Oh, I immediately
0: knew it was, um, what's his face? lad. What's his face? lad. Okay, I'm like, there's so many blonde names, people. Names are not your forte with this show. Especially when they all have the same color hair. No, but I immediately knew it was lad because there was a mysterious long-haired blonde woman. So I'm like, so this must be
1: lad. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't put that all together until I actually, until later in the episode, which we'll get to
0: yeah i think it was a pretty strong uh opening scene to start
1: with yeah i mean and then you got you got to admit though he does have that messy looking hair like askeladd or i mean like that uh that thorfinn does
0: yeah he doesn't have the ptsd eyes though no he doesn't have that if he doesn't have, not yet <laughs> not yet so right after that scene we get the new op so hype um, it's man with a mission, which is always an amazing group. And database, database. <laughs> lovely. You should um, sign up for American Idol. No, I um, shouldn't. <laughs> so I have a lot of stuff to say about this op. So it starts with a quote. Which is okay, I'm just go I have edited the quote to make more grammatical sense, but it is like a rowing boat, we enter the future backwards, all we see are the scenes of the past, and no one can see the
1: views of tomorrow. I, um, I want to say, I'm glad you cleaned that up because it was quite obvious that the person who actually like you know put that in English is not their strong suit,
0: no, but I thought it was really like. I'm halfway saying it's cringy and halfway saying it's badass. Like, the fact that <laughs> they, like, incorporated the rowing boat into there and <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's like, okay, I like it for being sincere and for being a joke at the same
1: time. I really do enjoy that quote. It, well, it's it's almost like it's a really badly translated poem.
0: <laughs> um, I guess. I just find it funny that they're, like, Comparing it to a rowing boat, I'm just like, that's you're like trying so hard to apply this to Norwegian lifestyle, but it does kind of work really well because yeah. I mean, the show is about getting of your past, and then you do enter usually um, undock your boat backwards. So, oh my god, like this is so deep, three deep <laughs> five
1: me. Anyways, I was impressed by that quote because it was quite. Something. I also think um, that 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 line entering the future backwards kind of might be an allegory for revenge, which is what Thorfinn is trying to seek. I don't. I don't understand why that he's trying to go forward to get revenge by constantly looking backwards on what he wants to get revenge for.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
1: I can see that. A lot of this.
0: Um. There's a lot of revenge going on with a lot of the characters. <clears throat> um. So. I like the the part of the OP where they have drawings and parchment which is supposed to be like the ancient scribbles of the Norwegians which I don't think is actually historically correct because I don't think the Norwegians kept any written records Mo- yeah like wrong. not
1: until very very late in the like Or at least I don't North North think the sea Vikings Iron.
0: I don't think the Vikings kept records um, but I could be wrong But I feel like I read that somewhere Either way, I thought it's pretty cool in the OP When the parchment scribbles Transition to animation I think that's pretty hype
1: Yeah.
0: Um, on the same coin I really like how they did the They drew the sailing routes on the
1: map That's pretty cool I like the way they animated that can I, can I just say, when I was watching this My immediate thought was If Game of Thrones ever got an anime adaptation This is what I would expect the OP to look like <laughs> Maybe, not, Game of Thrones, maybe but... not sound like, but definitely look like.
0: Maybe. Um, there's also this uh, scene of a man tilling a snowfield. Now I don't know if that, like, to me, that seems like something that's obviously like not productive. But I don't know if they actually
1: do till snowfields in iceland i, I don't know I, I, I know literally nothing about farming i certainly know nothing about farming in the far north so i i'm not going to be able to help you there
0: i'm just going to assume that that's not possible
1: to cultivate a snow field and if I it's mean, not possible unless you're just using a till to dig out snow but that'd be a really bad way to, think so. to you know dig out snow from your field i would think
0: Yeah, assuming it's not possible, I think that's like a really powerful um, symbol or metaphor of like trying to survive in the wilderness. That was a great image. Um, We also see um, images of Canute in this OP. First of all, crying like a baby. And second of all, later in the OP, we see him with like these dead eyes of like being so jaded and so like done with life. And I'm like, that is very different from the Canute we know right now. That is
1: clearly foreshadowing, if I ever saw it. Apparently there's a
0: lot of shit going to go down with Canute, And I'm ready to see it happen.
1: You're ready to see a pure innocent boy get corrupted.
0: Oh. No, we're not going there. (laughs) (laughs) I love the animation that they did for um, the scene where Thorfinn is in a snowstorm in front of a wolf. Mm. They uh,
1: the snow animation was really well, really done well. So I really like that. Yeah, they, all there's a lot of snow in this op, um, and it's all animated like top notch.
0: Yeah, I think there's later on in the op there's one scene of Thorfinn walking through a blizzard with a broken arm. Mm. Number one, I want to know the context of that scene, and number two, great animation on the snow, mm. and also. I just have so much things to say about this OP, but there's, like, this OP has, like, 500 images smacked into it. There's so much
1: going on. Speaking of the well-animated snow, though, you didn't write this down, but I definitely want to talk about it. Toward the very end of the OP, you actually see um, Thorfinn, like, trailing behind um, Askeladd and Canute in the snow. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, they disappear into, like, a snow flurry. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. cool I listen I the, it's symbolizing something. What it's symbolizing, I don't know, but death. <laughs> it's obviously death. I don't know if it's going to
0: it's a, if it's um a fake out or an actual see, foreshadowing, but, see, but that's symbolizing death. I would death.
1: say it I would say it definitely symbolizes death, but the way that there have been twists and turns so far in the story, I'm not entirely sure.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um There's also like these images of a person holding a snowball and then quickly cut to a person holding an apple and then a person holding a bit apple, which I thought that was great imagery of, you know, um, the original sin of Christianity Mm. and um, a lot about like how a lot of the characters have committed sins themselves and they're paying for it um so i i love that symbolism so amazing and are, are we not gonna For- talk
1: about thorfinn going all neo in the matrix with thorkel's axe
0: yes i love that give me that fight sequence <laughs> just want the fights in this show to just devolve into the matrix i would <laughs> i would watch that please do <laughs> Okay, we have talked about the OP for way too long. Yeah, But there's a lot to talk about, okay? <laughs>
1: it's, also, it's also a really good song. And one of the, I, I think, when we first started doing these um, reviews, when we talked about the original OP, one of the things you said was you didn't think that at certain points the music matched what you were seeing on screen with the animation. I can't say that there's that this new OP has that going on.
0: Definitely. I agree. Yeah. It's I, a pretty I, I I like the song. Oh I'm yeah, not like song is head mind. over heels for it, but I do like it.
1: Yeah. Um I just think that the 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 music and the animations that you're seeing on screen match way better than they did with the first OP.
0: Definitely. I think the especially for me the uh transition between the drawings of the parch uh the drawings in the parchment to animation mm. goes really well with the song. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, moving on to the actual episode, so the first thing that actually happens is Asclad requests Knut to talk to the encircling army that has them pinned down. And what does Knut do? He fuck hides off. behind Ragnar <laughs> he does when fuck everyone off. <laughs> When everyone is looking at him, when like he's supposed to save their lives with his speech and like persuade the army not to kill them, he just goes and hides behind Ragnar.
1: Can I? I just Which... want to say something that that this reminded me of. So there is an anime that I watched many many years ago called Okami: Son and Her Seven Companions, and the that anime had a main character who had this like intractable phobia of being stared at. And any time a character stared at him, he, like, tried to find something to hide behind. That's exactly what I thought about when I saw this scene. Wow. Well,
0: that was a sad moment for Canute. It's like, if I didn't like you before, I don't like you even more. Because that was just sad. Um, But immediately after that um, scene, Ragnar defends Canute by saying that... um, it's not his fault that he's shy. He had to be shy to survive the blood feud for succession that he grew up in because if he was more assertive, he would have been assassinated.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, like that it's like that uh, old saying keep your head down and you'll actually survive.
0: Which honestly, I can understand. Um I've because I know this now, I feel a bit more empathy for Canute. I thought you were about and, to say, because I've lived this, <laughs> I have many questions. Honey, that's not for on air, that's for <laughs> off air. Because the police are onto to me. Okay, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, without this information, I think Canute is such an annoying char- character. But because I know this, I have a lot more uh, I I care for him more. Not, like, a lot, but I respect him a little.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, think I think that's, that's one of the things with me with characters. I try to avoid labeling a character as annoying um, until I have, a, like, a more complete backstory because with the right backstory, you can kind of understand why certain characters act the way they do. And this is a good example of that.
0: I mean, it also, like... Depends on how quickly you get the backstory, because if yes. you're stuck with this character for so long, and then you finally get the backstory, like, so far into the show, then it's just too late, and you're just like, I'm f- I'm done, I don't really care anymore. Yeah. Like, so if, I'm if glad...
1: Canute, if Canute had been introduced in episode one, and we'd been with him all this time, and we were just now getting the backstory, I'd say, yeah, you're right, that's too long to wait. But we've only been with him now for, what, four or five episodes?
0: Exactly. So I think it's great timing for them to reveal this now yeah. instead of um, later. Um, so um, various other things happen. Um, one specific thing that I wanted to talk about was that while Ascalad is talking to the uh, Welsh leaders, Bjorn is talking with Ascalad's men about how he's becoming suspicious of Asklad because he's been with him for 10 years and he never knew that Asklad spoke Welsh. So, like, if Askelad is hiding the fact that he speaks Welsh, then what else is he hiding? hmm And I know we've talked about how uh, Askelad has been acting suspicious in the f- last few episodes, and now Bjorn is catching on to it as well. And I think, again... This is sowing the seeds of foreshadowing that Asklad is going to data, Kudata,
1: Kudata.
0: Yes, like, slowly but surely, these seeds are being sown. And I do really like how there's
1: a lead up to it. Mm, It's not just all of a sudden, all at once. It's like, I don't trust you anymore. It's like, nah, there's there's this little chink in your arm right now. Here's another one. Here's another one. It's like, I'm starting to get suspicious, man. Yeah, I am I'm, I'm really um
0: happy about the writing. It's really well done how they're slowly introducing these seeds of doubt. I think it's very good writing uh for a political story. So, I think this there might be more political uh story elements that come into play. Um but this particular story element that we're currently on, I think it's going really well.
1: Yeah um so before you move on i Mm -hmm. do want to say this is another example of a, a situation where people are speaking multiple languages in the same scene but they take no effort whatsoever to enunciate that because people actually have to say oh they're speaking another language you wouldn't know that because everyone's still speaking japanese I know, that's like, you're just going to have to suspend your disbelief. And unfortunately, like, I don't know, I don't have enough knowledge of the Japanese language, and you'd think I would of all the years I've been watching anime, of, you know, recognizing different accents or different dialects of Japanese. So maybe that's what's going on, and I just can't hear it, because I'm not, you know, trained enough in the Japanese language to hear that. But it would be just so much easier to to take and you wouldn't constantly have to say characters saying oh they're speaking another language um if you just had characters spe- even if it was broken as english that you hear all the time in anime it would be so much better no i would prefer them to speak japanese and broken english because the broken english just ugh, so horrible <laughs> i can't deal with it um but- i just wanted to, i just wanted to bring that up but it's, it's something that keeps happening in this show and i'm like it just doesn't translate really well (laughs) yeah
0: they could do better definitely um so while Asklad is talking to these uh welsh leaders we get a lot of information
1: Mm. actually a lot a lot of this information was essentially or a lot of this episode was essentially an info dump Mm -hmm. but it was done really well i think um do you want me to talk about one of the things we learned during this whole negotiation well, yeah, just so that we're on the same page. All right. So one of the things that's definitely discussed between Asgad and this provincial the Provel- provincial Welsh leader um, is the, the the leader wants to know why Asgad can be trusted and why you know he why the Welsh should even try to be on their side. So it's revealed in this negotiation that Ascalad, as I think I called a couple of episodes ago is both half Danish and half Welsh um it sort of touched on that he may and he may be ascended from a the legendary Britannic king Arturius, who may or may not have been real Uh, um and uh so how he came to be half danish and half Welsh. his father who was danish had invaded a very small part of wales uh it took his mother who if i recall is named lydia i completely forgot to write that down when i was watching the episode um but he took her as sort of like the spoils of war back home as a concubine and then askeladd is the product of that um so, when Asglad teen- was a teenager, Lydia ended up becoming, his mother ended up becoming ill, and brought- Asglad wanted to bring her back to Wales. And that's actually what you see in the first scene in the episode before the OP starts. And that's how he ended up meeting Gratianus, who is the Welsh leader that he met originally and is leading him through the land that he's in right now.
0: So basically, Askeladd is a double
1: agent. Basically, Asclad, as I have si- sort of suspected, is playing the long game to, like, a legendary proportion. So,
0: for a lot of these uh, podcast episodes, we've been discussing how clearly there's more to Asclad's motivations. And now we know what his motivations are, or at least what his... what What past fuels his motivations um but honestly I don't know if I believe this <laughs> I don't know if this is
1: the full picture I feel like I'm still missing something because so wait not only is Askelad playing like 18 dimensional chess with all the other characters are you saying he's playing like 80 dimensional chess with the audience
0: okay so like from this story allegedly his motivation is to have revenge for his mother by helping the welsh i guess uh, maybe which I, i'm like
1: it, it kind of it, that sort of goes in line with something he says in this episode in that he hates the danes
0: which i'm like okay first of all you seem too composed of a person to be hell bent on such an immature notion as revenge, first of all, second of all, I feel like you're just like i feel like that motivation is a bit too Im- yeah like it's just too immature for you you're such a mature character. Why would you be hung up over that one thing yeah i don't I, know
1: i have the, I have that same thought too, especially as I was watching this episode It's like On one hand, I can certainly see it being part of his character, but for him to actually go through with something like revenge, it seems... I won't say out of character, it just seems like a step backwards for him.
0: Yeah, I don't exactly imagine him as the kind of person who would do this sort of plan. Maybe... That is his plan, but there's like more details to it that would make more sense for his character. No, that maybe haven't...
1: it's not solely for revenge.
0: Maybe there's like, I don't know. Maybe he, like, the specific policies he wants to have enacted in the Danish army or the Danish government are like, if we know those, maybe they would make more sense. For his character but like just knowing this i'm a little skeptical like yes i understand somewhat but like you know why i'm skeptical Mm. and this is a problem that i addressed in one of the early episodes is that when your parent dies i don't understand the motivation unless i see like some time spent with the parent where i can understand your relationship with them like that's what we got with thorfinn that's why i understood his revenge whereas asklad i didn't see any time spent with his mother how am i supposed to believe that he had like a meaningful relationship with her
1: but see i'm is, thinking that maybe have... something like that is coming like in that the form of true. flashbacks
0: but the like that's why i loved the beginning of uh, Vinland Saga because so many anime do this revenge for a parent but they don't give me any reason to care but Vinland Saga did that for Thorfinn but it's not doing it for Asklad and that's why I don't believe this motivation so, and if it's true I don't think it's that well written
1: so okay I, I see where you're coming from and I think this is not necessarily just an issue with with this in particular, if it it turns out that this is the only reason that Asglad is doing what he's doing. I think it's just a, a general problem that a lot of people have when writing stories that are centered around revenge in some way. And that, especially if it's revenge of a parent or some kind of really close family member, family member is that there's this temptation that since it's a, parent or other close family member everyone should just be should just accept the fact that this loss was so hard that this character that's seeking revenge just couldn't take it and wants revenge i mean yeah i think a lot of people might in theory be able to relate to that especially if the the parent or you know sibling or whatever was taken very unjustly but unless it in the realm of fiction, unless you're actually showing me why this character meant so much to the person seeking revenge, I can't buy it. Even if you tell me it's a parent, yeah. Like if this was
0: real life, if this was like a news story that, like, I could empathize with, ask lad. But since it's fiction, this kind of shortcut of parents died, find revenge has been used way too many times, and I'm just, yeah. I need more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's okay to have, well, I think what you're saying is it's okay to have this sort of story development. It just give me a reason for it that you actually show me. Well, like, I'm just saying that this plot device
0: has been used so many times in uh, fiction in general that if you're going to use this plot device, you're going to have to go a little further and explain yeah. a little more.
1: Yeah, for sure for sure. Um, I I won't say it's, it's, it's certainly a trope. I don't know if I'd go so far as say it's a cliche, but it's not that far off from one either. I'm, well, it's definitely a cliche in anime. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. For, yeah, for sure. I'm, just, I'm in, in the realm of all fiction though. I'm not sure if it technically classifies as a cliche, but I don't think it's also that far off.
0: Yeah. So, um, after the whole conversation that Ask Glad has with uh, the welsh leaders there's this one line that Asklad says to ragnar um, which is even now my men really trust me and i found this line very interesting because he says even now which means that there would be a reason for his uh men to not trust him which there is uh, as viewers we know that because he's been acting suspicion so uh, it's asking he's a- <laughs> acting suspicion. A- oh my god yes he's been acting suspicion um but now we know that Ascalad is aware that his men doubt him yeah um so i find this uh this line very telling that Askelad knows what's going on. That he knows he's making mistakes by revealing his secrets to his his men. Um, but I guess he has no choice. And we know that if you're making mistakes and you're corner- going into a corner, in these last few episodes, he's been being cornered a lot. You know, eventually you're not going to be able to get out of that corner. And you're gonna die in that corner.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, ev- eventually, your what lies or what you know misdirections you've told everyone to keep suspicion off your back are going to come back and haunt you.
0: Yeah, that's gonna dis- disintegrate into snow, just like the Opie said.
1: Just okay,
0: yeah, it's gonna become Jack
1: Frost. He was they was he was never there to begin with. He was all a figment of everyone's imagination. Sure.
0: <laughs> um. So <laughs> later on in the episode, we uh. See Canute have an outburst um when I forget exactly the exact context, but he was talking to Thorfinn. Oh, I don't think there was a context. I think he was just like mumbling to himself and he finally uh got up the confidence to speak his mind and he told Thorfinn that, you know, I can't um speak for myself and make all these sweeping statements because everything I say has political consequences and I can't show emotion I can't make these like quick knee-jerk decisions I can't tell you what to do I can't give my opinion because I represent the entire country and what I say reflects what the country uh says So I can't do anything. So I'm just going to stay silent, which, again, in addition to the backstory that we learned about Canute, I have more empathy and I'm understanding Canute better and I'm starting to like him better as a character. So I'm I'm slowly warming up to him.
1: Yeah, I it certainly I would say in a certain way it makes him relatable as well because he's being asked to take on an enormous amount of responsibility at a very very young age. And there's a lot of people who probably would say if they were being asked to take on that much responsibility, would probably shy away from it or try to pawn it off on someone else. Which is kind Maybe. of what Knut does when he always hides behind Ragnar. <laughs>
0: No, Alex, he's being a good leader by doing
1: that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Um, I found it really, really funny after all that, like, heartfelt, um, I don't know, confession by Canute. Thorfinn is like, Yeah, that's just an excuse, like, damn, yeah, it's like savage,
1: it's like. Sit down, shut up, just stop making excuses. I also love the fact that when Knut starts going on his little tirade against Thorfinn, Ragnar's response is like really good. It's like, oh my god, he's talking to someone that isn't me. (laughs) He doesn't know how to respond to it. The
0: best part of that scene is that the OTP is strong and alive. Oh my god. Knut and Thorfinn
1: are going strong. Hey, they're going steady. You know the sad, are... the sad part is I I hate the fact that you say that because there's probably already some dojinshi out there of this somewhere.
0: Honey, you don't even need dojinshi because it's canon. <sighs> um, so later on in the episode, near the end, um, the uh traveling, whatever, marching people. They're still Askalad's men, right? They didn't. Well, yeah, ga- so
1: so yeah, the plan that's actually um, devised between Askalad and the uh, provincial Welsh leader is that Askalad and his men will pretend to be prisoners being marched through Welsh territory. Um, I, I'm assuming toward wherever the king of this particular Welsh domain lives, um, as sort of like a cover story to not arouse suspicion of a bunch of Danes walking through part of Wales. And so that's, yeah, that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, so this um, parade of men uh, reach a fork in the road and notice that it has become uh, snowy. It's begun to snow. And Askelad actually changes his mind. He's like, you know what? It's snowing. We can't cross the Welsh mountains anymore because we're going to get snowed in. So we're just going to have to cut through enemy territory and go through England. And, again, there's two two things uh, with that decision. One, it's begun to snow, which means that's another foreshadowing that Askeladd's plans have failed, so you know, he's being cornered again. And two, he changed his mind, which is going to sow more seeds of doubt in his men. It shows that he's not like, he didn't make a good decision. It's not good for morale and it's bad foreshadowing again and the episode ends on Ascalads uh having this poker face as he marches into enemy territory and it's such an on an ominous uh expression uh, so speaking it feels of like ominous speaking of it feels ominous, like he's riding into his own death that's yes. what
1: the expression tells to me it's like i'm gonna die tomorrow that's <laughs> that's what I see. So, I was going to say on the heels of that, something that um that le- that just before this starts happening is you see like this um oh, fuck it, what's the word? Um a montage of the the Askeladd and his men and the some of the Welsh uh army marching through and the music that's playing during this it, get, it gets like really deep and really ominous like deep tones like uh, it's like it's dragging on and at, at the same time you see like the sky getting really dark so like the whole cinematography aspect of that the way it was done was really great hmm so we end on a
0: new ed mm-hmm. which i love i love this singer i love her voice she sounds like a japanese sia <laughs> and i love sia so i honestly i'm i'm i really adore this song um and the visuals are pretty nice too
1: yeah um i think you and i both also enjoyed the the first ed uh, Torches by a- Aimer or Imer? Mm-hmm. I, don't I, l- I don't know I really like that ED too um, but This one is called Drowned by Millet? Millet I don't know how you're supposed to say it um, But yeah like the, the, Her her voice is Really really good um, it, It's still got like just like the first ED it's got that like uh, Like Holman Hearthy feel To it quite a bit And I think again Like with the first ED the visuals do, a, do the song justice it's, it's just a solid ED it's, it's the best I can say about it, it it's, it's solid yep I'd say yeah. I'll I, I, I have to like see how it goes but I think these two EDs for um, Vinland Saga that we've gotten I'm probably going to nominate them both for ED of the year like, that's how much I like them
0: yeah, they're pretty good additions.
1: Yeah, I so I, th- I think that that's all I got to say about it. Like it's it's beautifully solid that they, the the there isn't a whole lot of animation, but what animation there is, just it just flows really nicely with the music and. It's pretty good animation for an ED because for, yes, for an ED not, for sure.
0: Usually not a lot for EDs.
1: Yeah, usually it's just like character silhouettes or or hell, sometimes you don't even get any genuine animation in an ED anymore. It's just music and shots of characters. Yeah,
0: so considering that, it's pretty good visuals. Mm. Well, I think that's everything we have to say about this episode. There's a lot of stuff we went over. We did. We went so over time. I hope you enjoyed the fact that we went, uh, like, basically double time. Um, Sorry if it's boring you, but... We had a lot to talk about. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we sure enjoyed bringing it to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions, or if you have ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about in the future, Links to all these things are down below in the description. I have been your host show and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Alex. They're not shipped. Fuck you. <laughs> Honey, they're ship on a ship.
1: Oh god, no.